Goes every night in the club. DJ turn my song on. Yeah, it's the shit right here. We gon' tear this motherfucking club up. What's up, guys? Nice to see y'all again. Welcome back to the Powerhouse. My name is Eric Garcia. And you're watching the Powerhouse Podcast. Uh, today, I'm actually really lucky to be talking to one of my good friends, Kian Darznik, or otherwise known as Gaia Football. Nice to see you, bro. How you doing? Good. How are you? I'm good, bro. I'm good. Uh, Gaia Football, bro. I'm actually curious. Where, where did that name come from? Because I know we were talking a little bit about you and wh- wh- how you started that page. But uh, for the people that don't know, introduce your, your page and, and what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Kian. Uh, my page is called Football Calle. What football calle means is street soccer in Spanish in Spain, particularly if you're going to play basically in, in Spain, what they have is these futsal courts, but they have them outside. So when I used to live in Spain, I would always go to play there on those outside futsal courts. And that style of play is called football calle. And if I really think what is my happiest place, like what are my best memories, that would be it right there. Um, Yeah, football calle in in, in Spain, uh, just the love of the game. Um, There's there's really nothing better than than that, just going out, playing with your friends and, uh, you know, playing competitive, but at the same time, you're really just just playing because you love the sport. That's facts, bro. Yeah, yeah. For me, growing up, that was like my happiness too, because I just love the game. You know, you just you just play ball with your friends. You do what you got to do. You know, like competitive. You know, having fun, just running around. It's it's obviously great exercise. Uh, what was that like in Spain with with the level? I guess in terms of the kids, because I know like they grow up playing ball like since the day they're born. Not here, right? Because another little to add on that. It's, it's funny how we call f- football here, we call it soccer. Mm-hmm. And over there, everywhere else, basically, it's called football. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, obviously, we, we call football football here. Um, you know, how, how's that, like, being here in, in the U.S., playing, you know, soccer or football, and then, you know, out there, the level and, and how they embrace the game as a, you know, as a culture? Number one difference is the passion. The passion in Spain or in Brazil or in France, Argentina, it's completely different. Uh, Soccer or football in the United States is growing more and more, which I love to see. But especially the first time I went to Spain, which was maybe 12 years ago, um, the difference between the passion they have there and here, it's it's night and day. day. I remember specifically uh, 2012, that was the year, I don't know if you remember this, but in 2012, Messi scored 91 goals in the calendar oh, year. So yeah. that's when he was on top of the world, different level. And I just have this memory of everywhere in Spain, everyone had a Messi jersey, like all over the place. Every single restaurant you went to, every time you went out to play, uh, it was just it was just ridiculous, like... You could visually see, like, anywhere you walk on the street, any place you go, the passion of the game. Like, you don't see that here. You don't see people repping jerseys, um, you know, of, of soccer teams. Like, you see it, you know, now and again, and you're like, oh, that's so cool. Like, you know, there's there's somebody who, who's a fan of, of, of this sport, of soccer, of football. Um, but, yeah, there it's like that's, that's the number one sport by far. 
um, that that kids in Spain uh, grow up playing, and, and it's just uh, and it translates to the ability as well because they're gonna start playing at five, and all their friends start playing at five, and they play together on a team, and the coaching, the the quality of the the players, the quality of the leagues. I mean, Thierry Thierry Henry has this quote. Um, when the best meets the best, you can only get better. And I think that just attributes to, to why the level in Spain is so high. It's because you're, you're constantly playing with your friends. You're constantly competing against the best players. And, and yeah, that, like I said, that passion at the end of the day, that passion, um, that's, that's what makes the best players, the love for the game um, and the love for that, that competitiveness to, to be the best that you can possibly be. That's that's sick, bro. I actually really like that, like the passion and almost like they, they, they follow soccer religiously. You know, yeah. it's not it's more than just a sport. It's yeah. a religion. You know, it's a way of life. Um, mm-hmm. I know in Brazilian culture, a lot of the time they, they have that as well. Yeah. Right. Um, it's it's really uncommon to see that you know here in the U.S. where like I mean obviously football is a big sport here in the U.S. and a lot of players follow that religiously, but it's hard to find you know one thing that will unite everybody. You know during times of you know. A lot of polarization and stuff like that what um you know even, even though there's a lot of uh, you know competition between like messi and ronaldo and mm-hmm. you know who's the best team and, and and whatnot you know what what's one thing that i guess inspired you to basically create the page that you did you have and that you're working on right now to basically because to me it seems like you're almost uniting a lot of people from around the world and, and bringing them to one place which is your your football calle page and that's here in the States, you know, where mm-hmm. it's, it would be so uncommon to see something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, what's something that inspired that or, or bringing people together? Is that just something that kind of came as a byproduct of, of your work or, or is that something you kind of planned? So going back to the name, uh, Football Calle, like that, that, like I said, is, is my happy place. Like that's my best and, and will always be my favorite uh, memory of the sport. So I started really when I was in Spain. Um, I remember I would go to play and there was players of all ages. There was, you know, players who were older than me, who were younger than me. There was a really big variety and, uh, and we kind of all played together sometimes. Like even the younger kids would join in with the older kids, which was nice to see. And I always had like younger kids who I saw uh, training with, with one another, like maybe two friends would come out, for example. Um, two friends would, would come out and they would be like playing with each other, like trying to do different skills, really like, I think s- skills, just like simple skills, like step overs and stuff like that. I saw kids like wanting to try to get better at that. And I saw them trying to take the initiative to learn it. And I, I like to try to step in. Like I, I stepped in and I was like, I like how you're trying to learn this skill. And I really found myself to just have a talent for for coaching um, and, it, and it just started there it really just started with with seeing these kids who wanted to develop as players and the advice I could give them I was always more than happy to, to help them out and and yeah like I said that's that's where I found what's what is like my calling that's really my calling is to to coach kids to help kids it started with just helping kids on the street to learn skills um, and then I thought this is something that I know I'm so good at and I want to share this with the world. So I really didn't ever think much of TikTok. I thought it was kind of like 
you know, just, just something where you see people make funny videos and stuff like that. I didn't know it was such a, a great platform um, to share your ideas uh, and, and to just like help people um, all around the world. But, you know, I, I saw I saw the platform. I liked how the videos were short. Um, I like the algorithm of it, the way it's like you can really, if you make good content, like you're going to get there, you know, you're going to get there. It doesn't have to do with, you know, getting a shout out with someone. You don't, you don't need to rely on other people to help you out. Like if you make good content, you'll get there. Um, so yeah, I just, I started this page called it Football Kaye and it really has become something that I'm, I really pride myself on. Um, cause it started out just, just as an idea, like, Hey, I'm doing this in real life. How can I make this even bigger than just, you know, helping out one, two, three kids at a time. So, you know, I created this, created this page and most of my followers are actually international, which is really cool to me. I, I was looking at my, uh, following statistics and, uh, my top followers were from, it was about like 21% from Peru, um, 11% from Mexico, 11% from Colombia, um, and then a few more from, I think, like Ecuador and um, Spain as well. So basically, it's so cool to me, like I'm helping out like all of these, all of these players like all around the world in South America and Europe and, and of course, you know, helping people in the, in the United States as well. But yeah, I mean, I think the bottom line is like, when you have something to offer, when you have something to share and there's value to it, people will listen and people will value what you're sharing with them. And, and I found that to be coaching for me. I have, I have a coaching talent that I can share, um, that I can help people with and people really value that. And, and, I'm, and I'm so happy, like I'm so grateful, like how much I'm helping these kids every single day I see their comments like you're the best account on TikTok. like you're you helped me so much like hey bro like you helped me like i had a trial for my team and your your videos like i really listened to what you said and it 100 percent like helped me make the team like bro, that that honestly is like one of one of the things i'm most proud of in my life like being able to help help kids like that you know that's that's amazing bro because a lot of the time, you know, like we, we post content that we want to post, right? And it's yeah. it's out of authenticity and out of out of passion, right? Like you like you mentioned before, you know, if you have good content, you're obviously gonna get those views, right? Like, cause TikTok, the way I see it, like, and, and you kind of mentioned this and you touched on this is is you use it as a tool to help you build whatever you're doing, right? Like, yeah. obviously, you can see it one way. It's like, yeah, it's funny videos, it's entertainment, mm-hmm. but you could also turn it into a business. And, and not only that, but also as an opportunity to educate others, right? Yeah. For example, me using this podcast to, you know, get someone's story like yours mm-hmm. is, is what I like to do because it's something that I just, I, I get so much almost like gratification and satisfaction. Like you say, like when you get see a comment saying like, you're the best, you know, account on TikTok, mm-hmm. it, it means something because it's out of, you know, out of the bottom of their heart and out of the kindness that you, you know, provide for other people. And so I, I think I could really resonate with you on that. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, I, I know like a lot of it right now, like in the times, you know, we're living in with Twitter and cancel culture and all this stuff going yeah. on. It's hard to find a lot of that light in, in that darkness, but I think it's cool how, you're able to kind of see see that and, and see that type of um, support from your fans and, mm-hmm. and I mean you're you're almost touching on a hundred thousand upwards of a hundred thousand you know people that watch your videos which is yeah. which is not only a testament to your hard work but it's also a testament 
set testament to the actual content that you're you're putting out what would you say is is the most difficult part about you know becoming what you became you know what would you say because a lot of people struggle with discipline a lot of people struggle with consistency a lot of people struggle with originality with creativity there's a lot that goes on um in that i know we were talking about you know ideas and, and type of content that we were making we, we kind of made some videos together you guys should definitely check that out it's on his tiktok it's on my tiktok so definitely check that out when you guys have the chance um and you were giving me some pointers about like you know style about creativity about you know stuff that i should be posting and and you know vice versa we were talking about it what what has been some of the things that you've struggled with um or challenges that basically you, you've had to overcome to get to this point to be honest i would say that not just in this tiktok account but like overall i would honestly say that self-criticism um is has been my biggest obstacle I would really say like I'm kind of like my own worst enemy at times. Um, so yeah, I mean it's not like it's 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 been sort of like I know I have this talent and ability, um, but sometimes I'm just too harsh on myself. Um, so I mean honestly, one thing I could say that like I want to take away from from that is you should acknowledge what you do well and if you do something and you know you didn't do a good job or you know you could have done better it's just like you don't need to think about that like you know that right away you know right away if you didn't do something well or if you could do, do it better it's not like you need to overanalyze this that it just wasn't it you either know it's good or it's not and if it's good great let's keep going forward let's let's move on let's you know come back even stronger right and and if it wasn't up to standard if it wasn't good enough then okay let's move forward and let's come back stronger than before it's really just as simple as that like acknowledge what you do good almost not even disregard i want to say disregard what you don't do bad but yeah like i said you know if you don't do well or you know if you if you didn't do well enough to your standards so it is what it is you know um yeah the, the past is the past um you know the present is an opportunity and the future should be like your motivation really so don't conflate that with being like the past is dragging me down um the future is bringing me up too high where I'm like in over my head thinking how good I am um and just really you got to focus as, as a lot of people say like you got to focus on on the present because what else are you going to do you can't go back in time you can't go forward in time you can only take what's been like gifted to you and and give it your best shot and and be proud of what you've done and and, and if you do things like what I believe is if you do things with the right intention, regardless of whether you make mistakes or not, like you're going to get to where you you're supposed to be, you know, obviously it's impossible to just never make a mistake. We're all going to make mistakes, but just do it with the right intention and and keep going forward. You'll get where you, you, you're meant to be, where you're destined to be. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what's up. That's like the, almost the self-reflection part of it. Right. Like Mm -hmm. I think that goes a lot into coaching as well, because 
I, I coached for a bit. Um, I coached for like the younger team. Um, it was like an under tens team, and then like a, I think it was like an under fifteen or sixteen team, um, for for the local club here in Marin FC, and I, I realized, it, it took a lot of me to to self reflect on what my journey was like as a soccer player and oh, yeah. almost try to teach the stuff that I wish I would have learned when I was younger. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So like, you know, being fit, you know, taking care of my body, not only, you know, playing at the highest level, but recovering at the highest level and, and you know, yeah. so many more aspects of it. What has been something that you've kind of learned on, on this journey in, in terms of self-reflection? Because I know you're trying to be a high level coach. We were just talking about this earlier and you wanted to, um, basically start moving up the coaching ranks if you mm-hmm. want to explain how that works and how you've basically learned to discipline yourself and, mm-hmm. and try to take away things that you've had as a player and stuff that kind of reflects now as a coach because we used to we funny enough we crossed paths in college bro yeah. at college of Marin and yeah. we you know we were playing and we were at two different two different points in our lives but now we're back here again and, and mm-hmm. you know like now you're a coach you know mm-hmm. it, it's it's crazy how life works but you know can you talk a little bit about you know, how that self-reflection kind of happened and, and, you know, what, what it's like being a coach and, and trying to be and strive more to be, you know, at that highest level. Excellent question. I'll start first with the coaching and then transition into being a player as well. So first and foremost, when you said that you used to do some um, coaching and, and how important self-reflection is, that's a great point because... I started, uh, like I said, in Spain, my first coaching was, was just helping kids informally, just when I was playing, you know, and I, and I had a, an opportunity to, to help like a younger kid when there was just a, f- a few kids like kicking the ball around. Like that, that's, that was my first coaching in Spain, one-on-one or, or helping two, three kids out. And then uh, when I came like to the United States again, um, and said to myself, I want to pursue this as a career. I started uh, with this uh, company um, called Super Soccer Stars. They're essentially just like a, a company that provides classes for younger kids. Um, like I said, the, the ages are like three super, I mean super young, but three to maybe 12 years old. Um, so, I mean, overall, they're younger kids. The average age would probably be like five to seven. Um, so these are really like beginners essentially, um, but it was it was enjoyable. It was very frustrating at times, mm. maybe more so because dealing with with like really really young kids is just a bit too much for me. Um, I'm more a coach. Like there was times I would say to myself like I'm a coach, not a babysitter, because I would be really that. frustrated with having to you know babysit the kids more than coach them. Um, but yeah, I mean, coaching has been informing my first coaching then here, um, that's just a stepping stone. Really. I had some really good opportunities. Like there's, there's kids. I love to see it when they're five, six, seven years old is you already see that they're, they're talented, like they're ballers, yeah, you know, yeah. and it's like something you just naturally have, which right. is really cool to see. And, and I'm just like so grateful that I had opportunities to, to help those kids out to develop that talent because that's like, you know, my favorite thing to do. Um, so now I'm, uh, I'm at North Marines United, which is right here in uh, Novato, and I'm helping out the um, head coach, uh, and I've 
I've had more of an assistant role. I mean, that's been my role, but there have been times where I've been like, I want to take the lead on this. And while I've had some experiences I did not feel good about at all. <laughs> like, I, I've had some, I, I remember this one day, um, I was like, hey, I have this exercise um, that that I want to do for the kids. It was just like a, a dribbling exercise that involved, you know, a little dribbling, you, you pass the ball, and then you get just keep in a rhythm. Very simple exercise, but I was like, I want to do this. And I remember I, I, I took the initiative to, to want to try to lead the exercise. And, and it was it was difficult because I'll tell you right now, coaching one one kid or two or three kids, or even how I was at the Super Soccer Stars where smaller classes like nine, ten kids, versus coaching 40 kids, that is a completely different skill set. Completely different. It was it was very difficult. You have to completely restructure how you how you go about um, you know explaining the exercise um, and how you how you coach the players it's it's so it's so different because it's like you know if I'm working with one kid I can go on essentially like a tangent about exactly what I want like I want you to use the outside of your foot I want you to you know get low when you're turning I want you to um, use the inside part like I, I can I can say that for a minute and I can you know keep his focus but you can't do that when it's like a big group with a big group you have to almost say this is what we're doing do it and then while they're doing it you give them those those uh, pointers you give them the inside foot outside foot but but yeah I mean that's that's an experience like I, like I said I felt felt really bad after like that one because I just it wasn't it wasn't good enough for me it wasn't good enough for my standards uh, obviously it was something I'd, I'd never really done a group that big um, but yeah that's what I mean it's like that that wasn't a, a great experience but I know what I did wrong you know it sucks it's just gonna suck you know there's there's really nothing I can do about it like I'm just gonna feel bad and I just have to accept I'm gonna feel bad until you know it goes away and during that time you know, let, let's be positive, let's move forward, and, and yeah, and that's about it. So, as, as a coach, um, yeah, you gotta, you gotta be like, you gotta kind of be like I was saying earlier, I was, I was mentioning how you don't want to drag yourself down, but also like a problem that I have is, is really like in that situation, too high, because I was like, I'm, I'm a genius, like, yeah. I'm so good at coaching, like, the way that I help, like, kids who individually or small groups, like, I'm, I'm a genius, like, I was, I was very confident, and, and believe me, I think that, I do, but at the same time, you really have to humble yourself, because sometimes there's just going to be experiences where you're just not prepared for it like you thought, so, mm -hmm. you know, a little bit of that, like, you know, confidence or even overconfidence for me, realistically, a little bit of the overconfidence is good to have in the back of your mind, but at the same time, it's like, you, you gotta always just, like, know, there's so much learning, like, for everyone, like, I bet if you ask, like, Pep Guardiola, who I think is mm -hmm. the best coach in the world, and, Pep. and, uh, yeah, and honestly, you know, you could make the argument he's the best of all time, if you disagree, I think you're wrong and say he's not top five. Let's just put it that way. But if you ask him, I bet he would be like, there's still so much for, for me to learn. And that's mm -hmm. that's the way you got to think. Because I bet Pep 
you know, even though he probably doesn't say it left, right, and center, he's definitely like, I'm a genius. Like, I'm, I'm, yeah. I know, like, I know what I'm doing. Like, I do it better than anyone. Like, he has that for sure. But at the same time, like, you gotta look. You know, best in the world, they're still, they're still acknowledging. Like, they can learn. They can learn things. Um, so yeah, that's that's coaching and uh, player. Like, really, um, you. I mean, you also said that you used to when you were like helping um, to coach like you used to say like I wish I learned that when I was younger I mean yeah. that's like my inspiration honestly it's like I wish that I learned these things younger because then I would have been better um, like for me I uh, I'm, I'm really like I think you and me and everybody who plays is like at some point they're like I want to be a professional yeah but then you know you, you realize um, that just doesn't like happen, you know. It's, it's um, I'm not saying like for anyone who wants to be a professional, like I'm not saying that you should just give up. But you know, for me, I I just realized like I wasn't good enough, and that's probably because I really didn't start playing till I was like eight or nine, and um, coaching five year olds how I am now, yeah. and and and, yeah. and you know showing them how to receive a pass, showing them how to kick the ball with the proper technique, you just think, like, in my situation, like, it's just at the end of the day, if you if you learn something too late, yeah. people are just ahead of you. That's for just sure. the reality, you oh, know? For sure. That's for why, sure. like, you know, the, these, uh, like, for example, I'll give you, I'll give you an example, like, Xavi Hernandez, like, Xavi, Xavi's one of my favorite players ever, um, and he's really not, like, the thing is, in America, like, we always... For like D one schools, we always say like you gotta be big, you gotta be fast, you gotta be strong. Yeah, it's that physicality. Physicality, okay. but then it's like the best players in the world, like Xavi, who Xavi used to be, you know, there. Obviously now he's coaching, but now we'll say someone like Marco Verratti, like these players, are definitely not big, fast. You know, they're not like D one players. You know yeah. how, how we value players in America. They're they're the best players in the world, simply because. When they were four years old, going back to what I said like earlier, yeah. how if you play with the best of the best, you're going to get better. At four years old, they were learning how to receive the ball correctly. They were learning how to, to play a pass with the right technique. Yeah. And then when they're eight, nine, they're learning things that me and you probably learned when we were 15. Yeah. Like, yeah. When, like when we were, we were probably like 14, when we were like, oh, it's probably a good idea to like check my shoulder you yeah. know we probably learned that when we were like i said 14 15 like you know you gotta the younger you learn like and the younger you develop that's just like realistically what's going to make you be a professional because like you have rati he probably learned technique really young you know checking your shoulder awareness like yeah probably nine and then at a, at a certain point when he's probably like 14 15 he probably just is so tactically aware that it does not matter like what defender you put up against him. Yeah. Like, you know, Casemiro, uh, big, strong guy. Like if you guys watch that PSG versus Real Madrid game, like Casemiro, big, strong guy, it doesn't matter. It's like if you're tactically good enough, um, you're, you're just untouchable. And that's why I brought up Xavi earlier. Like Xavi, not big, not fast, not strong, just a t tactically aware player who just does the simple things and, and just shows like, Simple simplicity and technique is, is what what's gonna get as a player. If you guys want to be players, simplicity and technique. It's not dribbling. It's not speed. It's not 
strength, pace, power. Don't get me wrong, those things are useful. But at the end of the day, if you don't know how to play simple, if you don't know how to play one-two touch, like you're not going to be a professional player. You know, and that's something I wish I probably would have learned earlier. I'm sure you probably feel the same way. Like yeah. you, you probably wished like when you were nine years old that you really understood like that is that is it. You know, because yeah. it's it's really nothing more. You know. No, I want to I want to actually touch on that because I think uh, Pirlo Pirlo had a great quote okay. and, and he said he said basically along the lines of I don't know exactly 100% sure maybe correct me on this but he said that football is play with your head with your mind oh, yeah. and, and that your feet and, and what you do with your feet is just the tools that you use to play the game you know and it's more it's such a complicated game and I think what you were saying earlier too um, is, a, is a tribute to that because not only do you have to have that discipline on yourself to, to demand to be better, you know, to have that confidence to, you know, be the best player, to be the best coach, you know, and you have to find the fine line between confidence and adaptability, mm -hmm. right? You need to be able to adapt and be fluid to the game because the game is always changing. Mm -hmm. You know, the game is never at one spot. It's mm -hmm. always changing. You know, what, what have you learned recently, I guess, because now you're starting to look deeper and dive deeper into the game and learning about tactics, learning about fundamentals and whatnot. I don't know uh -huh. if you specifically look at one thing or if you look at it overall, but what, what's some stuff you've learned recently uh, in, in this journey that you, that you're on? Do you mean like, like mentally or do you mean? Could be anything. anything. I mean, mentally is definitely one of the biggest uh, factors when it comes to playing, playing ball. And, and mm -hmm. like you said, you know, excuse me, being harsh on yourself and having that self-awareness to be able to say, like, I demand more for myself. I need to be better. You know, I need to do this. I need mm -hmm. to do that. You know, that's one thing that you could definitely look at mm -hmm. or in terms of just the game itself and saying, like, oh, I, you know, you, you mentioned earlier and talking about learning and learning more about, about the game itself and, like, oh, shit, now I have so much to learn because I thought I always saw the game as a player mm -hmm. and now looking at it as a coach, I'm like, oh, shit there's a whole bunch of shit that I never knew I needed to know about this game. And now it's like you're open your, your world basically to a whole new world mm -hmm. and, and that's coaching. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would say, I would say, uh, that you have to, cause I feel like I've talked a lot about kind of like mindset. I would say if we're, if we're talking more about, um, how you apply your, your mindset to coaching, I would say that you have to have a clear vision of what you want your players to do and what you want your your team to do. So you have to go into practice like knowing not only what exercises you're gonna do, but you have to think about the objective. I would say um, the most important thing um, when you're running a training session is to have a clear objective in mind um, for the session and as well like you want to have an underlying theme every single session that you repeat over and over and over and and interestingly enough I'm, I'm, I'm learning a lot uh, because I'm getting my licenses right now I'm, I'm reading uh, the, the textbooks for the coaching licenses and and yeah that's one of the things that they talk about and I hundred percent agree with it. it it's funny when I when I see things that they say and, and I'm like yeah that's a mindset I, I have as well it's nice to 
nice to see that you know I'm I'm not the only one who who has it. There's other coaches out there who share this mindset. Um, so yeah, back to, back to what I was saying. You, you want to use like keywords, and you want to have an underlying objective, and you want to repeat those keywords. So it's like in their in the players' minds, they they just won't because repetition is just how you're gonna remember, right? So you just like something very simple, for example, like can we find the space? I, I was seeing this a lot when I was when I was um, reading the textbooks how the coaches. Kept saying, like, can we find the space? Can we find the space? And it was almost like they really didn't say much other than can we find the space. But it, it's really smart, actually, because you're repeating um, the objective over and over. So then when they when they uh, are playing in a game, and, for example, uh, the center back has the ball, and he sees, you know, left wing or right wing uh, making a, run he's probably going to be like can i find the space and um and it just it's just like a really it's a really smart way to go about it it's like you do that like one step at a time it's like one piece of the puzzle maybe that's the first step like can we find the space playing the longer ball um then you get more advanced when you're uh when you're an older player um like and and you know say that you're like building out of the back which which i love is a has become something like I've noticed that a lot of uh, the teams in the United States they're trying to build out of the back, which is probably something like you know influenced by Pep and just influenced by Europe in general, which is nice to see. Um, so something like something Pep would do, he would he'd probably do the same thing. He'd um, probably say like, can can you check to the ball? Like, can you mm -hmm. can you be an option? Maybe that would be the best way to put it. Like, can you be the option? He'd probably say that like over and over and over and over again. Can you be an option? Can you be an option? So yeah. going back to, to how I was making the example, when Man City is playing in a game, what's the first thing that the players are, are going to think to themselves? Right. Can I be an option? Mm -hmm. Right away, uh, João Cancelo is, is going to think to himself, like, can I be an option? So yeah. you're gonna adjust your body positioning. You're gonna you're gonna put your your shoulders facing the right direction. You're gonna show visually with with your body that that you're in a position that if they play you the ball, um, you you can advance the ball forward. And we were actually uh, working on this together. We were we we're working on passing and receiving. And uh, and I was kind of explaining to you like how important it is to visually show your teammate. Yeah. Um, where you want the ball. So I was kind of, you know, making the example to you, like what foot you play, like the correct foot, that's very, very important. So if you can do a hand motion or if you can, yeah. you know, make, make some sort of a gesture. Like Exaggerating. Like these, yeah, 100%. Like these are, these are definitely things um, that, that are really important, especially at the high level. So yeah, as a coach, um, like that's maybe if I was coaching you, for example, like I would, I would really, cause you, you play, you know, center defensive mid and center defensive mid, the way you receive the ball, yeah. very important. So that's, that's something I'd really like, um, you know, fixate. If I was working with you, I'd probably be like, show them where you want. Like, can you show me where you want? Like, I would say that to you probably over and over again. So again, if you're oh, playing, you're yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, so like if you're, if you're playing in a game, what's the first thing like that's going to pop in your mind? It's probably going to be, I want you the know, ball right yeah, here. I want the ball right here and okay. it's just going to be automatic. So yeah, the objective creates automatic habits and those automatic habits are what 
create success. That's you know, it doesn't matter what level, doesn't matter if it's Manchester City, and it doesn't matter if it's seven-year-olds, yeah. you know, simple phrases like, can you find the opening? Like, that's always going to be helpful. Like, that's yeah, dope. so... Uh, that's that's really dope. I, I actually, yeah, bringing it back to what we were talking about, I see, I definitely see what you're saying now too, because mm-hmm. like, almost yeah, building those habits is is really important when it comes to soccer, right? Like mm-hmm. football, checking your shoulder, you know, mm-hmm. receiving with the right foot, all that stuff. That mm-hmm. that's that's crystal clear the way the way you put it. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm really I really appreciate that too, because that that's I think that's a gem that these people can really appreciate, you know, because it's not not like it's like some like you know groundbreaking you know discovery that you got to yeah. check your shoulder, but. Yeah, yeah. At the same time, people just don't want to do the simple things, right? Yeah. Um, and, and I also like how you mentioned about having that that vision, you know, a vision and then finding, you know, an objective towards it. Mm-hmm. Can you talk to me a little bit about how having a vision with maybe a training session and, and, you know, having an objective can correlate to basically creating content and having a vision with, you know, making a piece of content and then having an, an objective behind it, um, you know, for, for people to see it and because you're kind of coaching online in that in that sort of sense, mm-hmm. except you're doing it in a very, very different manner. Can you explain a little bit about that? Yeah. So I just posted a video today, and um, yesterday I was just doing this very simple exercise. Um, I went to go train, and I just put one cone down, and all I did was I would – dribble with with my uh, left foot um, like my strong foot you could say like I, I would dribble uh, with my left foot and then at the cone just a quick cut and uh, and a shot to the far post uh, definitely um, this is most synonymous with Robin like the Robin mm-hmm. technique where he just classic classic and yeah. it's like he, he's not doing 20 step overs he's not doing like you know crazy crazy skills it's just like timing it's like mm. you start faster slower quick cut and shot you know timing timing like like you said simple things that's what's gonna uh, take you to the next level so yeah yesterday i was working on that that very very simple but so effective move dribble at about 60 60 percent speed cut 100 percent speed and then just a quick shot uh, to the far post, and if you master that, um, if you master that technique, as we've seen with Robin, and then uh, I mean Messi is a, is a good example as well, or even like Riyad Mahrez, like that simple cut in, it's unstoppable. So I made a video yesterday, um, and that was like my genuine like training session. Like I wanna I wanna practice this. I wanna practice like you dribble with the strong foot, cut in, shoot. Um, from, from like a right wing position, cut in with the left foot. That was my genuine training session. Like I want to practice this move. Um, so I made a video and the video is, uh, it's called practice until it becomes automatic. And that was the idea of the training session. It was like, practice this until it's automatic. So I, I, I said, you know, practice until it, it, it becomes automatic. That was the title. And then I said, the idea is for you to find one thing that you do best and once you find what that is you practice it and you practice it and until it's natural so and I said as well like this depends on your position so I play when I like to play I like to play right wing so 
if I'm playing right wing, I practice that cut in with the left foot. Um, that's perfect uh, for my position. That's that's something you know. For example, like if I was a coach and I saw a player who's capable to do this this skill, I would I would be like, this is a game changer. Like this is this is the type of player I want. They offer something unique. So that that's what it is for right wing. Um, for you know yourself, um, center, defensive, mid. Uh, like it's it's a lot more simple, but center defensive mid. You look at probably the best example, like Sergio Busquets. What's automatic for him is he'll probably receive the ball from the left center back, play it to the right center back, or he'll receive the ball um, from you know the the right center back, play it to the left back, and it's all one two touch. Mm-hmm. And it's nothing you know special. That that position is really just embodies the idea of like. The more simple you play, the more effective um, you'll be. And definitely Busquets embodies that, maybe more than, like, any player ever. So that's something for, like, CDM. And then for, like, you know, striker, something it could be is uh, you practice. Uh, maybe you get some sort of a rebounder or with your friend. You practice. Um, you receive the ball. And you do maybe a turn with the outside part of your foot. Or you do a Cruyff turn. And then you take a shot. So it's uh, receive the ball back to the defender, right? Receive the ball, touch to different. Like Terry Kane would be a good example of this. Like you receive the ball, one touch to turn to the defender, and then the mm-hmm. second touch is a shot. So like Harry Kane, for example, he's probably practiced that a million times. Like back to the defender, receives the ball, first first um, touches a directional control, and second touches a shot. So and, and it's and it's kind of like you know how I was saying to you earlier, right? Where it's like, um, you say things, and then it's like, what's when you say it so many times, it just comes to you, right? right. You know how I was saying to you, like, find the space, you say that over and over, that's the first thing they're going to think of? Yeah. 100%, you know, you train, you train ideas and you train actions. So in that case, we were training an idea, in this case, we're training an action. Um, right. So yeah, that would, that would be like a, a video I'm... I'm I'm pretty happy with the, the quality of the content on that one and the idea behind it to just demonstrate that um, you can see like if, if, you, if you're doing a training session, um, it's really important at times, uh, maybe like most of the time, to just focus on that kind of one thing. So, you know, CDMs, you guys can uh, practice your one, two touch against the wall or with a friend, strikers, you know, take a touch and shot, you can practice that again with the wall with a friend. And then like for myself and for the wingers, you practice that cut and move, you know, it doesn't have to be like a, you can make it what you want, right? Like you can do like uh, like two step overs or something, yeah. you know, like Ronald, I remember Ronaldo Nazario, like he would always, um, he would always uh, do step over with the right foot and then step over with the left and then one more with the right, touch with the left foot. And then he would just, um, take a shot with his left foot. Like, I, I, I've seen so many goals where he just does that same move. Yeah. Um, and it's unstoppable because, not because the move is groundbreaking, right. but because he's practiced so many times that he just does it automatically and he just does it to perfection with the timing. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's crazy because I think a lot of that stuff, those fundamental ideas that, that we see in the game, like, for example, like we were talking about, you know, focusing on one thing and becoming a master at it, you know, whether that's mm-hmm. one move 
I think that translates beautifully into just life in general, you know, focusing on one thing at a time and not rushing through life because a lot of people try to, you know, go crazy, you know, do everything they can in such a short period of time and they they lack the focus to to basically like get the reps in. You got you got to become a master at one thing before you're able to do everything you want, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think it's beautiful how that basically translates directly into the game, mm-hmm. you know, because like you you're always a student of the game. You know, the best yeah. teacher is the game itself, right? And so you're always learning like okay, if I'm going to if I'm going to try to like become the best player I can be, I got to start, you know, with the fundamentals and that's like getting the reps in of of you know, one move that, that works for me or one True. one thing yeah. that works for me that I can implement into my game and then basically use that to, to keep growing and keep developing, adding stuff. So maybe it goes from one step over to two step overs, you know, and then, you know, that step over turns into like a, a, a body faint and then, you know, then you've, you've basically unlocked the variety of it. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of people don't, I don't want to say they don't understand, but they sometimes they lack the the focus to basically get these habits down in order to expand. You know, a lot of people just see see the pros, you know, they see the stuff that that's on TV, you know, you see the Champions League finals, you see the the goal scorers, the Ballon d'Ors, you know, and that's for every sport, you know, and you see the beauty of it, but then you don't really see what's behind the scenes, the unseen hours, you know, the grind, the work ethic, you know, the sacrifices and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. For you, what what have been some of the sacrifices that you've had to basically, you know, give up or some of the stuff that people don't see because they do see the beauty of it. You know, they see the videos that you get, you know, all the views you're getting and, and, you know, see you out on the pitch, you know, maybe uh, coaching some kids up or something like that. You know, what's some of the stuff that they don't see or or the sacrifices that you've had to, to, you know, give up at this point? Definitely number one is that, you know, in the United States especially, everybody's always like, you need to go to college, um, you need to get a degree, and then you need to get a, a job that's like, you know, six figures, right? Like the classic, the classic yeah. scenario. So I realized that, like, there is nothing that I can do because if I'm not doing this, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, this is what I'm meant to be doing. Um, this is my life. I, I can't do anything else. I just can't. I, I can't, you know, I could probably be, like, really good in real estate. I used to think about that. Like, I could probably get, be good in real estate, like, um, like charismatic. Like, I'm smart. I'm, I'm good at, like, sales. But, like, it's just, it's not, it's just not what I'm passionate about. Um... So just giving up, like, going to college, getting a degree, and just that whole, like, you know, classic uh, life path that people just, I don't know, think that everyone should do. And I'm not, like, knocking that, right? Like, you can do that. You can. But right now, it's like I'm really in the building stage of a career, and uh, I'm not... um, I'm not like, you know, a millionaire, so I'm not like making like a ton of money. I'm really like not making, you know, much money at all, really, like, because I'm I'm in the beginning stages, like I'm trying to get my license so that I can get a coaching job. I have a lot of like ambition. 
Um, like I want to be, you know, a personal trainer and I want to charge, I want to charge a good amount, let's say for a session, you know, um, but that just can't like happen tomorrow. It needs, you know, it needs time. Like I need to get licenses. I need to get experience. I need to just keep building what I, what I've already started. Um, and it might be like. You know, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know when, you know, it's like it will be to a point where it's like I'm making so much money that I'm like self-sufficient because I'm not right now and I don't know when I will be. But I really am willing to like, you know, not rush it. Like I'd rather I'd rather take time with this and, and give it the time it needs for me to be where I want to be, where I am, like making a good amount of money. Um, and it's not like and it's not like I'm doing this so that I make money. I mean, like, that's dumb. I, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not doing this to make money. Like, I don't care how much money I make, but that's kind of why I'm doing it. Cause it's like, I don't care how much I make, but I actually feel like if that's my mindset, I'm, I'm going to get further than like, you know, I'm yeah. trying to do something to make money. It's like, just going to come, you know, like if you, if you're doing good work, you know, you, that's just a, a byproduct of that. You're just going to get so. paid well for it. You know, it's what yeah. you deserve. It's what, you, so. it's an outcome of that. Yeah. Right. That's that's crazy, bro. Cause I actually I think that's a really that's really dangerous in, in a good way. Mm-hmm. You know, it's dangerous because the way I see it, you know, I have nothing to lose. And mm-hmm. what's more, you know, what's what's more dangerous than someone that has nothing to lose? There's no such yeah. thing. You know, maybe someone again. This is maybe the the deadly duo combination or something. But like someone with determination and willpower to basically get what they need to get done mm-hmm. done. And someone that has nothing to lose, that's really dangerous combination right there. Mm-hmm. Because I, I will stop at nothing, you know, to, to get where I want to go. And I, I could see a lot of that in you, you know, because like you said, you're not in it for the money. You know, you, you actually genuinely have a passion for that. And like you said, bro, you're giving up a lot of shit to be where you want to be. And mm-hmm. so that's something I could definitely commend you for. And I could definitely resonate with you on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, you know, growing up, uh, I'm pretty sure you have uh, for your first generation or your parents are first generation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so, you know, growing up in that type of culture and stuff like that is right. a big thing. I'll tell you right now, bro, my my country, like, Iranian, they are, like, Iranian and Jewish are the number one, that is the number one culture. I, I promise you that is the number one yeah. culture where parents will make it like their life mission for you to like um go to go to college and if you think like that i don't know if you've heard this but if you think it's a joke how like they almost force their kids to be like lawyers and doctors it's not a joke like Mm -hmm. i promise you the culture that you know my parents come from like the my family like i'm 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 not really (laughs) i'm i'm not like my family at all like i am I'm not nothing like that, but I've. That's how, I don't know. Maybe that has something to do. You know that does have a lot to do with. With my mindset because, my family, like my family men, members, they have more money than. Than they know what to do with, mm-hmm. but I look at them and I'm like, you look dead, inside you don't look like you're living. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's just what I see. Like, I... I and, I and not just, like, them, but 
a lot of people like that who have so much money, it's like, I look at them and it's like, do you actually care, like, at a certain point? Like, when is more enough? Is there ever enough? Or do you just want more and more and more? Like, I don't know. Yeah, no, money definitely doesn't bring happiness. It's, it's the other way around, actually. Happiness will bring you that money, like we were mm-hmm. talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and damn, I, I commend you for saying that, too, because it's, it's you know, it's, it's one thing to, you know, to see what others around you are doing and what your environment is like. And then it's one thing to do something about it and, and be the black sheep, you know, and, and create your own path and create your own legacy, which is, which is cool, bro, because I think that it takes a lot of guts to do that. And not only that, but it also takes you know a hell of a journey and that's mm-hmm. what it's about life is about the journey that's why i'm like i'm glad right now we're crossing paths and, and we know we're doing our thing and and you know this is this is what it's about and this is the beauty of it you know trying to grow trying to become a better version of yourself for me it's like striving to become the person i always look looked up to which mm-hmm. is my dad and then not only that but also like striving to be a better person every single day so like chasing after the person i'm going to be tomorrow because at the end of the day, I know the person I'm always chasing is always going to be one step ahead of me. And, and same thing here. Like I I hate taking breaks. I hate, you know, getting off track because I know there's other people that are putting in work just as much as I am. And if I take one little day off, you Mm -hmm. know, that's just going to over time, you know, accumulate to, to, you know, one day turns into two and, you know, two days turns three. And then after a whole year, you know, you're six months behind the person that you were chasing. And now it's like, Oh, I'm never going to catch up. You know, and that's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of the grind. That's the beauty of the struggle. Um, you know, I, I think we're just about out of time, but um, this was a really good conversation, really good podcast. Yeah. I, I, I commend everything you, you, you know, you said, and, and you had some gems to, to be told. And I think there's, you know, there's more to tell. So hopefully we'll have you back here in the future soon enough. And I hope everything goes good with the, with the coaching and with the TikTok. Um, shout yourself out, you know, any last words, any last messages what, what do you have going on in the near future you know any videos coming up any events any you know anything like that you want to give out yeah sure um so yeah guys i have a tiktok account um it's called football calle uh my account's in spanish uh if you don't speak spanish and you want to follow me you can follow me and i can maybe like translate if you need um Pero si hablas español, siga mi cuenta, se llama Fútbol Calle. Muchísimas gracias por su apoyo. Y ya, chao. Ya lo saben, ya lo saben. Yes, sir. All right, I appreciate all y'all for watching. Y'all could have been doing basically anything else right now, but if you were listening to this, I really appreciate that, taking time out of your day uh, to basically give give me and my friend here, uh, you know, your ear and, and, you know, listening to what we had to say. Um, yeah, with that being said, Deuce. You know, you got to think it, and you got to plan it, and then you got to grind it out. And if that's the case, and we do that, I think it's a recipe for success.